What's up, classmates? We are back. Hello. It is a spring semester. It is 2019. It has been a minute. But Anthony J and Chantel are back. It took us a moment. We had to, you know, renew our contracts, yeah. make sure we got the money that we were supposed to be getting. They was trying to only offer us a meal. We need a little <laughs> bit more than that, right? Yeah, a meal and a dollar. And a dollar. My price range is, so. <laughs> but yeah, we're so excited to be back with you all. Um, thank you for your support. We've been doing a lot of work on social media. Thanks mm-hmm. for doing lots of following on that and commenting and stuff and asking us when the next episode is coming. We really appreciate it. And so as we was planning and thinking about how we're going to do this semester, um, you hear that it's my voice and Chantel's voice on here. And we've had Jasmine as a co-host who is taking a break and will be back for some guest episodes with us. Um, but we were like, huh, should we look for another co-host? And we're like, what if we do this season and we invite some guests? Some of these guests are going to be our friends. Some of them are going to be experts on the topics that um, we're going to be talking about this semester. So we're excited to put some spice in here and switch it up a little bit. So, at the table with us today, um, we have some of our friends. So at we'll the let red y'all... table. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't copying, girl. Don't sue us. <laughs> so, we're going to let our classy friends introduce themselves on no class. Yes. Who wants to go first? Ladies first. Okay. The, <laughs> how do we the only other ladies. <laughs> um, so, my name is Michelle. I am a native Washingtonian, mm-hmm. um, but I... Not the state, but the district. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Home of the go-go. And um, I traveled up to Baltimore to uh, be a guest on the show. I'm very excited to be here. Um, just a little bit about myself. I know the host, Chantel, from college. Uh, we both went to University of Maryland, where we met, and I mentored her for a while. Um, she grew and developed mm. under my mentorship. <clears throat> yeah, and yeah. And cough again. And I really know it's the untruth. Well, <laughs> and stop telling your I family have a floor. that too. I, I have okay. A floor, right? <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop telling your family that. Um, Jada doesn't cut people off on red table talk. So, uh, as I was saying, um, yeah. So I was really excited when she asked me to come be on the podcast and I'm really proud of what she's doing and I think that is a great idea to have young black voices out here uh, representing ourselves um, because I think that you know we have important things to say and sometimes it's overlooked so I just can't wait to see the topics that we dive into today. Thanks Michelle. No problem. Okay then I guess I'll just jump in here now. Um, My name is Phil aka Ray Ray. Inside joke. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the way we must start. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Michelle is my wife. We met in uh, college. I met Chantel also in college, and we got invited to be guest on this uh, podcast. Usually, when we get invited, Michelle drags me along with her because I am a social bird, but not really that social. Uh, so yeah, I'm here. Um, I was I was born. In- <laughs> I want to be here. <laughs> He's a gun to his head right now. <laughs> um, gun under the red table, guys. Yeah. <laughs> guns. Quick fact: I was born in Ghana. Came when I was twelve to the U.S. Um, I love movie yeah, stores. That's why he has such a regal Idris accent. I know. Or Sidney Poitier, <laughs> Denzel Washington, <laughs> whoever you want. I'm your man. Random black actor. <laughs> And but yeah, to echo Michelle, I think it's nice to invite us to be you know guests on your podcast. I really do think this will become a big thing 
you know, years to come, and I want to be a part of this from the initial uh, get go. So it's thank about you for blow up. Yeah. Thank you for in- inviting us. <laughs> we get our man at one. Well, my name is Jordan. Uh, Chantel and I went to high school together. We're city knights, black knights together, um, and we go back a little ways, back to our theater days at Baltimore City College. We're both. Yeah, thespians oh, in the IB theater program. Oh, yeah, she act. We did all kinds of theater all around the world. Kyogen was one of the most interesting ones and in the kabukis and, and whatnot. But <laughs> yeah, for some reason, she thinks I'm interesting. So she let me let me be on her little program. So I get to be on the other side this time instead of just listening. Um, but I'm happy to be here. My name is Terrell, um, long time listener of No Class, and it's real crazy being on the other side of the Um, Pretty much, I've been listening to No Class since the beginning. Um, been a huge uh, with following and looking forward to see how they grow and stuff like that. And I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, Terrell be coming with the good clapbacks on Twitter. And stuff, so <laughs> I to include him in the conversation. How are you? How do you know about us other than the podcast? Like, who? Who's your link? Oh, Anthony. Anthony is my link. Um, yeah, because be Anthony, we gotta make sure you got friends. Everybody else is my friend. <laughs> I ain't got no friends. <laughs> <laughs> I just be stalking people on social media, telling them to come on the show. <laughs> Yes, but thank you guys so much for being a part of our show. We really appreciate it. And this is our first episode where we've opened it up to guests. Because normally, before, it was myself, Anthony, Jasmine. She co-hosted with us for a while. And Maxwell, who started out with us. So we're very excited. Um, And guys, let us know what you think now that we're opening up our show to more voices. Because these conversations should be interesting. But um, I want to move on. I'm going to um, start with our opening question. Normally, we do an opening question and we kind of like break the ice a little bit, break the tension. And this opening question is going to be a favorite to one of the guests at the table, Miss Whitney Jr. herself. Thank you. Michelle. Thank you. Um, So I wanted to ask, uh, we posted this on on our IG before and we got some good feedback off of it, but to the table... Which Whitney Houston would you want in your life and why? And so our categories or our labels are A, Whitney as your fairy godmother from Cinderella. B, Whitney as the first lady of your church, preacher's wife. (laughs) C, Whitney as your mama, sparkle. Or D, Whitney as your friend from waiting to exhale. So who wants to give the answer first? Whitney Jr., all you? I think I should go last. Okay. <laughs> she means so much. I'll have to think about it. I have to think. Um... I mean, I'm coming from sort of a limited perspective here. Mm-hmm. I've not seen Sparkle. And wow. Yeah, and my, my black card frequently is threatened mm-hmm. to be revoked. Mm-hmm. But waiting, waiting to exhale, I haven't really seen that. Ooh. I don't think... I know the premise. <laughs> what have you seen? You? <laughs> Is it too late to eliminate guests from the show? Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, it was it was great being here. Y'all. I'm gonna have to catch you next time. Um, but because my life currently right now is in need of some fixing, I'm gonna go for Whitney as the the godmother. Like, hopefully, she can come in and turn some things around. Mm. Yeah. And do it with a, yeah, a little jaunty song in the process. That's, that's what I would like. So. Get me to the ball, Whitney. <laughs> okay. 
Um, I go. I wanted to have Whitney as my friend for waiting to exhale. Mm-hmm. I thought she was real cool in that one. Um, I don't have nothing else to say. Cause if she could, if she could, you know, rock with um, Angela when she blew up that car and stuff, <laughs> all the things on fire. Cause that's what y'all remember for waiting to exhale mm-hmm. the fire. Okay. Did she, did she sing in that one? No. Yeah. No. But it was, she was on the soundtrack. Yeah, on the soundtrack. I'm the like, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can't put her in but, the movie and not. Produce the, the soundtrack. But Whitney was cute. Like Whitney was Wh- Whitney and waiting at exhale is like somebody I would be around anyway. Yeah. So I liked her. That's like, the one I was gonna choose too for as my friend. I would love to turn up to some music and drink with Whitney as a friend mm-hmm. and waiting to exhale. Perfect. Like I I saved my comment. I can't see how she would be my first lady of my church. I don't know if somebody was great choose that one or not. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wants to go next, okay. I'm judging you already. You pick me. <laughs> Um, I can go. So I will say, let me preface by saying I was not born here. That's (laughs) number one. I was born in Ghana. So I have not seen any Whitney Houston movies at all. Okay. The only thing that I still married though. Yes. Yes, we are. In spite of. So when I saw the question, I was thinking bodyguard. But I feel like that would not be because wasn't she stalked or whatever? She was stalked. Yeah. So (laughs) so that would be good. So (laughs) with my limited options, I will have to go with uh, Whitney as your friend and went to Excel. Okay. Okay. Why? Why? Uh, Because Anthony said so. Um, I'm gonna also have to go with Waiting to Exhale simply because I hate musicals and I think she's sung and how do you feel about that? Like I hate random songs. I like it's just driving nuts. Like so I'm gonna go with Waiting to Exhale. I love musicals. I mean the only musicals I hate are Medea plays. So. <laughs> okay. Oh I cannot. And we will not go there. Okay. Medea's funeral is great for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. Um, well, you know what? I'm going to choose First Lady, and I'm going to explain why I'm going to choose First Lady. Okay. Um, as you all know, Whitney and I go way back. Yes. Um, there's footage of me singing and dancing to you chicken. Her. Okay, there was no chicken in the video. <laughs> <laughs> that was a different video. That was a different video. I love you guys. That happened later. Um, anyway, uh, so <laughs> I've loved her all my life, and I think I understand her as a person. Um, and the reason I'm going to choose Preacher's Wife is because um, the first lady of your church, as well as the pastor and members, Um, They are all flawed, okay? No one's perfect, and I think that people assume that Christians are perfect, and you have to be, um, you know, Jesus' best friend to even walk inside of a church. But the church is for sinners, okay? Not for saints. They're there, but sinners are there too. And we all know Whitney had her flaws, and people like to highlight it and make fun of it. But um, I, I know she's in heaven, and I also picked that as well because Preacher's Wife, that album, um, that's actually the highest selling gospel album mm-hmm. of all time. And really? it's technically not even facts. a gospel album, um, but wow. it has oh, okay. enough gospel hits for it to be considered yeah. a gospel oh, wow. album. And it's still number one, even um, though she's not with us anymore. So just because of the legacy of Preacher's Wife, that has to be my choice. She was great in all of these other films as well, and she's great in anything she does. 
But um, yeah, preacher's wife. That's gonna be my final answer. Don't wow. you feel like though if? And we're not going to spend a whole bunch of time on it. I feel like with her being preacher's wife, you only get to see... I think about first ladies and you only mm-hmm. get to see so much and you don't... Right. I guess it depends on your church, how like personal yeah. you get to get. And so I think of Whitney being like, which the parts that people didn't want to see is how fun she could be and stuff. Right. And I feel like first lady, like, oh, I won't be able to but see those see, sides of her she's now. she's the voice. So I, if I get to hear her sing every Sunday, Yeah, true, true. I'd rather true. take her singing than her advice. I don't want her advice as a friend. But to hear her sing. Okay, okay. I got that. Yeah, she definitely seemed dry, though, I thought, in The Preacher's Wife, like... Person, it wasn't her character, a good film. Yeah, it wasn't no, really it wasn't well developed. Film. And was she like, was she entering into an adulterous relationship yes, with the yes, angel? Yes, with an angel. Um, it was a, a really horrible <laughs> film. But again, soundtrack, <laughs> bomb, soundtrack, Gay gospel. bomb, start to finish. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was questionable. Was, but. Yeah, right. the film itself. I mean, Denzel Washington was in it, so that's why I think um, a lot of people went to go see it. Mm-hmm. But um, she was not the best actress in any of these films, actually. Um, but again, soundtrack, bomb. I don't know. Sparkle, <laughs> Sparkle, she gave me a little bit of fever. She was, good. She was yeah. getting but She Before was getting she good. Was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Before, yeah. And I'm glad nobody chose her as the mama because they were... Sparkle, mm-hmm. Sparkle mm-hmm. her as the mama, she was strict as hell. She was. She was not with none of that action. Was she as strict as Shirley Ralph and Sister Act 2? <laughs> Oh. oh, nah, she uh, let him say. No, she did she let, let the him girl say. Yeah, but you did have to sing she, some gospel. She though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But she had still had to sing for the Lord. That's so. what Lauren Moore was trying to do. She couldn't even do that. Couldn't even sign the permission <laughs> slip. Dang. <laughs> Just sign the slip, mama. There's all these people singing they should have, could have, Okay. <laughs> so now we're going to ro- um, move on to the honor roll section. We wanted to shout out a couple people who have been posting on our social media, leaving comments and stuff. Thank you guys so much. You know, as we've been trying to work up and build up again after our long hiatus, you know, we've been posting a lot more. Now you'll probably be seeing more of our content, but we've been posting a lot of new stuff. So um, we appreciate it. And we just wanted to shout you guys out. So first up, I have... Um, Rico FX R dot I dot C dot O underscore FX. Then we have Young Black MVA. Um, they po- they commented on our post about Twenty One Savage. Um, Q underscore the Naturalist. Um, Shout out Tish. Oh yeah, Tish, how you doing, girl? Shout out to you. <laughs> we have um, Kelly Queen Art. Tom Vaughn. Oh, Tom underscore Vaughn or though me underscore Vaughn. Look. Clarify how you got this pronounced, okay? Because that H can be silent. Um, then we have underscore miss dot cookie underscore. Um, they posted about um, the Baltimore school board deciding, supporting to arm police in schools. Um, and then under our Jussie Smollett, we had Blackout Fearless Proud. Shout out to you. There was a bit of a discussion underneath that post. We had a little bit of a troll on Trolls there. be trolling. But yeah, and Anthony also commented on there, showing support like that. Love it. Um, and then another post was for Jazzy underscore Jesse. We had a discussion about um, the child who was arrested for supporting, or for standing up against the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, not standing up against the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> what? But you know what I'm trying to say. Standing up by not standing up. Sitting up. up. <laughs> you know. And, um, 
Yeah, so I think, let me see. Oh, Aslay underscore pod. They made a post underneath um, when we talked about Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel, mm. their videos of blackface resurface, resurfacing. And then we had um, our very own JC International. What up? Shout out to him. He at the table and stuff. What's good? And then naturallybeautiful.always. She also commented when we made our post about Valentine's Day um, with Hilarious Omar TV. And he is hilarious. Um, yeah, so that's all That's all for now. Those were the most recent. Um, but yeah, guys, be sure to like and comment. And subscribe to our things. We will definitely be giving you guys shout outs because we love it when you talk to us. Love it, love it. So... Um, let us move on to the report card segment. We got a lot of things to talk about in the world happening, but since there's so many of us here at the table, we want to make sure our time is short and we don't extend this episode for very long. So we're only going to do three topics. Um, anybody want to start? I'll go. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'd actually like to finish our conversation on Whitney. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, speaking of the bodyguard, uh, what I want to talk about... Ooh, good segue. <laughs> what I want to talk about is a topic that I just um, became aware of, mm-hmm. and it's in regards to this Baltimore City school issue. So um, I was reading an article in the Baltimore Sun, mm-hmm. And apparently, the school board had voted 10 to 0 in opposition of arming school police. Mm-hmm. But after a shooting occurred um, and they revoted, it pretty much flipped. And now it's 8 to 2 in favor of arming um, police officers in schools. Mm-hmm. And I know you all are going to have a lot to say because you went to Baltimore City Schools. I can't wait to hear um, your perspective. But as someone who's coming from um, D.C. public schools, we didn't have armed officers. And I'm going to just start off with my position on the issue. I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to hear what you all have to say about it. Um, and then I'd love to add my two cents. So I've if someone who went to Baltimore City School wants to kind of jump in here and give your perspective of actually being in the schools and is this necessary, is mm-hmm. it not? I'd love to hear that. So, um, me coming from Baltimore City Public Schools, um, I've been in them my entire life, never went to any private school, I've never been homeschooled. And if I were to see an officer, an armed officer, um, going to school, that wouldn't make me feel comfortable. That's me personally. Um, some people feel more comfortable when they have weapons and people in those you know, positions. But when we were growing up and when we were in high school in particular, um, we had hall monitors and we had you know, different people who did security. And we also respected them. So it could be, um, it could be an issue of respect for authority too. In that, which is why they feel like there should be um, armed officers. Mm -hmm. And I think Baltimore City, we're the only district to have, like, a separate school police, like, Mm -hmm. um, you know how, like, um, Baltimore City, like, they'll have different, what is it called? Like, academies and stuff like that. I think we have our own academy for For schools. The school police. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Like... 
what they did, what the the school board did in support, like when they supported eight to two, that was in response to the school shooting that happened at Douglas. Now, we've had these discussions, you know, about different school shootings that have happened because there have been mass shootings that right, have happened. Right. But in this case with Douglas, that was not the case. Okay. There was. I'll I'll give you background on the story because I know you're probably not very familiar mm-hmm. with it, but there was an individual. Um, I guess I think he was like 25 years old who came in through the school and um, he shot one of the administrators who um, was in the school. But it turns out that there was a whole other story behind it. Like the person that came in to do the shooting, he was related to one of the students in the school. The student in the school was having conflict with that administrator. So that's why that happened. Um, I don't really have all the full details on it. I only know based on what I've seen in the news. But based on me coming from Baltimore City Schools and what I know about black people in in this city, like, we're a majority black city. Like, I just feel like that is a bigger target on our backs to have people who are potential threats to us and our safety. When... Y'all trying to say that that's better for our safety. I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Anyone else want to go? Yeah, I just want to say that I think the idea of trying to solve the issue of guns and gun violence, it's kind of counterintuitive to tackle that with, you know, additional guns. Um, I'm, I'm not opposed to people having guns in the general sense, but... I think other countries kind of have it figured out a little bit better with the very low presence of firearms. Uh, I don't think we should be allocating resources, whether that be money for the weapons or training for people who work in these environments to be prepared to deal with these situations. We should be getting to the root cause. And I don't feel like enough money is allocated toward trying to figure out how to help people who might be mentally unstable or just, you know, taking illegal guns off the street or making sure these kinds of things can't happen in the first place. But I don't think the solution is to make schools appear more like, I don't know, a jail environment (laughs) or (laughs) barracks, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the solution. I I agree uh, with what both of you all were saying. And when you brought up the jail aspect, that resonated with me because already it it has that feeling a little bit like not all schools but some schools a lot of ones i went to you know you're told what time to do everything right Mm. you're wearing uniforms you know and now you're bringing in armed guards Mm -hmm. you know so now it's like okay well how how is this different Mm -hmm. yeah neither this is not jail this is not baghdad you know correct Mm -hmm. so it's like that's kind of this that's throwing us off when we walk into a building and we see armed officers and their you know bulletproof vests and it's like (laughs) for children yeah Yeah. and And i'm a child and when there's a pattern of you turning your gun on young black boys Mm -hmm. to now put you in an environment with a lot of young black boys yeah need i say more (laughs) and like will they really be used on intruders or are you going to feel threatened by the kids in these schools and have to use your weapon. Mm. Um, I know in D.C. we have metal detectors in our schools, and that was a big controversy. Mm-hmm. But if the you know this board really thinks that safety is an issue, why are you starting with that? Why are you starting with bringing in weapons to combat weapons where 
a simple step like a metal detector could be a softer way to kind of alleviate this violence that you think may mm. may happen again. Mm-hmm. And I think going back to what Jordan was saying, like when is there ever going to be a time where there's a conversation of talking about trauma that's happening, talking about healing that needs to happen, right? Everybody wants to move to having guns and having violence. And it annoys me that the narrative is always framed that it's in the best interest of the students and it's clearly not. Um, if you know Baltimore City Schools, most of the teachers and administrations are white compared to the black students that are there. So this is very much there to protect them. It says a lot to say that the teachers and the administration are scared of the kids that they're teaching. So what kind of education are they getting in that environment? Um, but nobody ever wants to investigate that. They want to move and do the fast answer and let's have guns. Mm-hmm. Um and then we're going to wonder in a few, well, they will be wondering, wondering in a few years, how did the kid die in school mm-hmm. where they're supposed to be safe, where they're supposed to be getting a good education, mm-hmm. get a hot meal. And now parents are even more afraid to send their school kids to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who's to say an armed officer would have prevented this from happening? Yeah. Right. Well, you can also take this one step further and say also arming teachers, right? Like, where do you stop, right? Mm-hmm. If you arm mm-hmm. An officer or a teacher, they'll say, well, I feel more safe in the classroom if I have a gun. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, where, where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. At the students. we got to arm the students. You're going to go. You're going to go. It's a roots effort. It starts with a shootout in the hallway. We don't want that. Then no one will come into the school to bother you. They know everyone has guns in there. Everybody packing. Okay. So what grade would you give it? Well, um, I've never had to give a grade before, but, and I, I would hate to seem like a harsh grader, <laughs> but I'm going to go with the F here. And let me, let me explain why I'm going with the F, because I do see that there was some intention to combat this issue, but I think that the board got scared. Um, if you voted 10 to 0, mm-hmm. and all it took was one shooting to make you flip, and this happened within two weeks, you didn't do enough research. You didn't really examine the issue. You didn't speak to students. To, like I don't think they did their due diligence. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I'm giving them a failing grade. They didn't, I, I don't know. Well, maybe those two people who vote against, they get A's. But, you know, mm-hmm. law of averages, you still going to fail. They messed it up for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, if that's too harsh, but mm-hmm. I mean, you're failing the kids. So for me, you're, you're going to get enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about these Oscars, which is black as fuck this year. So we got lots. We got Green Book controversy. We got a lot of people talking about Regina King. Mm-hmm. We got Spike Lee getting his first. Lisa Bonet on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we want to talk about first? <laughs> well, I didn't watch the Oscars because back in the day, you we, was, we was... <laughs> <laughs> Ray Ray. <laughs> Ray Ray trying to come for me, y'all, but Phil is such a nice person. Ray Ray, Ray hooked up the cable, so we know you got cable. <laughs> okay. No, but um, just previously, like... Even with going with the Oscars So White, like, we've changed it from Oscars So White to Oscars So Black. Like, mm-hmm. all these um, these shows, like, these award shows, like, I'm so used to them being, like, 
specifically not catering to us and our needs. Like, I really do be watching the ones that's on BET and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, or, like, the Viacom ones. But um, I didn't really watch it. The only thing I did watch was um, Lisa Bonet and Jason Momoa shut down Ashley Graham on that red carpet because <laughs> Ashley was, like, going too hard. Talk about, can I get a hot dog? And Lisa Bonet just gave her, like, the girl, get the fuck out of here, look. And Jason was like, ah, I'm going to do something to He's like, I'm gonna halfway yeah. do this because she's great to choke your ass right yeah, now. Yeah, because Lisa is not with the bullshit mm-hmm. at all. And I'm like, hey, Lisa, how you doing? We still remember you from the Cosby Show. We still remember you from that one season of A Different World. Oh, it's you the worst. <laughs> that season? Oh my god. To go back and watch it, it is like really awkward. It's so bad. As soon as they let her go, it's just oh, upward. Oh, but no, it's like we still remember you. But when you know you was coming so hard for somebody else, like go ahead, girl. Oh, we got you so that's the only part I, I'm good on I'm gonna give that one a great one we're done with <laughs> so, anybody else wanna talk if they watched it <laughs> I did not actually watch either I was at the Media Impact Awards local uh Award show to honor local, local Baltimore entertainers okay. and you know people like yourself. So hopefully Dang, you guys will be honor up no for class, award. but it's <laughs> hopefully no class will be up for award next year. I see <laughs> I see it on the horizon, but I did hear about Spike Lee finally getting his Oscar, mm-hmm. um, and I believe it was Spike Easy twenty or thirty years after. Um, Shame. What was it? What was the, the Dumbo well, do, movie? Do the, the right thing, thing. right mm-hmm. after great. it got passed over. Um, so that was a big moment for him. Big moment for Morehouse out there. Uh, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I am a Morehouse graduate. Okay. So, <laughs> seeing, uh, I think we picked that up in the first yeah. time. Uh, but uh, yeah, seeing Samuel Jackson and Spike Lee up there representing, it was nice. But it's it's interesting how our sentiments kind of go back and forth sometimes between caring about these awards that have predominantly catered to the other, and then not caring. You know, mm-hmm. based on how we're doing, mm-hmm. but I, I agree with Shane. We should definitely support the uh, the black black arts and awards as much as possible. You know, what's crazy about the whole Spike situation. What is? He's made endless films with mm-hmm. Mr. Washington, mm-hmm. and it took working with Mr. Washington's son for him to wow. find. That just shows you how long it's been. Mm-hmm. You now made a movie with Your his, his grown son. Mm-hmm. His son's not a, a child. This is a grown man. So mm-hmm. we've got a generation. And then he finally got an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was surprised that he was, that this seemed so important to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and with us talking about how the Oscars have been so white and we know that he's such a phenomenal artist, I thought he would have been at the point where it's like, I don't care if I get one or mm-hmm. not. Um, and also makes me torn on this. It's like, it's great that they're trying to, quote unquote, diversify things and have it be more black. And so, like, how much support do we lend to that? Mm-hmm. Because we know it could be just next year it can go out of style and it can be very white again. Yeah. And so in Pitt and R, like, we appreciate this, we watch this, this is something that we do and it gives it more value but we know that value can quickly be taken away. And so that's the same with Oscars. Every year there's people that got Oscars for movies I'm like, that was bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is supposed to be the cream of the crop that was yeah. bullshit, right? And it was weak. Yeah. yeah, and so I'm often torn to be like, oh, like I want to watch and support and should I hype up Oscars as much as they're hype up or yeah. should I not because they're not for us. Agreed. Do we want to try to infiltrate these spaces that weren't created for us or do we really, you know, lift up our own? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Does anybody else have anything to say about Spike winning? Because I wanted to talk about um, him not supporting Green Book. <coughs> Excuse me. If anybody wants to change that. Well, let me just give one comment about Spike. I think to Anthony's point is which award show, I guess, do we value the most, right? Because BET Awards, like, we value black artists, like, doing their thing because we know it's a great job. But then for Spike to really... I guess have this moment of winning an award with the Oscars, which shows, yeah, I know like the black people community know that I'm a great artist, but mm -hmm. I need to have this might sound terrible, like the white people also mm -hmm. recognize that I'm doing a great job. So I think, to me, that's a bit like how do you like which one do you weigh more, right? Mm -hmm. People actually seeing your true worth and giving you that honor versus those who don't see your worth, but then trying to make it diversified. Okay. You're like, here you go. You know, you have an award now. Congratulations. Oh, so affirmative like, action. Of the <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Okay. <laughs> Gotta meet their quota. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's so, that is very interesting. But to change the conversation a little bit, I definitely want to talk about how Spike felt about Green Book winning because he did not feel like it should have won. And I haven't seen Green Book either. But I think. I think I can recall that Donald Trump was just like, Spike is a racist. And we just like... Yeah, I remember saying that. Oh, uh, nigga, who? What? <laughs> <laughs> what racist? But um, I think it's interesting. Like, do y'all have any thoughts about that? Not Trump, no. Right, of course. Um, I haven't seen Green Book either. That's okay. on the list. We've been going through the Oscar films. And, and back to Anthony's point, I'm trying to figure out how some of these movies won. <laughs> but um, we can talk about that later. Um, with the whole Green Book issue, I did hear, I didn't see, I don't think they showed it, mm -hmm. but um, I did hear, like, or I saw something that said uh, Spike pulls Kanye at Oscars and tries to walk <laughs> out, you know, during the Green Book way. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't want to you know, give too much information without seeing the film. However, what I have heard about it is that, you know, some people are saying the story's not true. Um, it was written by, or I don't know, written or whatever. This guy was involved. <laughs> he and <laughs> so the, the driver, his, I think, son or nephew was involved in getting the story the out. Son, and they didn't, okay, the son. And he didn't have permission from um, Dr. Don Do Shirley. Yeah, Dr. Shirley's family. Oh. I think Dr. Shirley's family was coming out saying some things like they were never friends. He was just his driver. He was racist. He would never. Oh. Yeah, that, uh, and I, yeah. I don't know how much truth is behind this, uh -huh. but it is interesting to note that. And for it to win an Oscar, I know people are definitely going to dive in and figure out mm -hmm. what happened. But, and Spike may have, and that could be part of the reason. I'm interested to, to hear Spike's yeah. voice on it, but... Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny to feel bad for Mashallah Ali for winning an Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's great that you got that, mm. but <laughs> for that movie... That's almost kind of like... But you're black. That's kind of like the Moonlight situation. Oh, yeah, I mean, but then again, it did get an Oscar for Moonlight, yeah. but <laughs> after La La Land, right, I right, called right. up to the stage first. That was after La La Land. Just, like, I just want one clean win. Just one clean win. And he can't get it yet. Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe next year. So, what was so black about the Oscars then? The winners? The winners? Yeah, the, they were like... The presenters, not the hosts. Cause, okay. You know, yeah, two of the <laughs> technical awards uh, were won by African-American women that were not previously, I believe, for mm -hmm. costume design and set design, set design. as well. Mm -hmm. Black nice. Panther took... 
Oh, hell yeah. Wakanda. Shit. Shit. Love And Regina King won yes. Supporting Actress. For, for Bill Street. If Bill, Bill Street, Street could, could talk. talk. Mm. I heard good things. Yeah. It was good. We actually watched it last night. Yeah. Last we night. watched it last night. Yo, oh, really? Yeah. Was oh. It was heavy. We had to watch something after it. Oh, yeah. Oh, get some oh, laughs in. James Baldwin yeah. get a little... Yeah. yeah. But, um, James Baldwin always come through with that heavy shit. Yes. Mm. No offense. Recipe James Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> it was a heavy. It was almost like watching Crash. You know that feeling you get after oh. you watch something? It's a good film. Yeah. But it's like, I'm not going to watch so, this again. I, I, I can put that on the nine. list of um, Precious. Yeah. yeah. 12 Years a Slave. Right. Yeah, for the time. butler. The Roots whole fucking <laughs> Roots collection. I've not seen it. Original and reboot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I heavy. want something to be black and heavy, but not heavy because of race relations. Mm. You know, I feel like that's always the overwhelming yeah. kind of. It's like because of how we were mistreated at a certain time or opportunities that we're not allowed to have is ultimately the underlying theme. But right. Mm-hmm. We deal with other things. Can we get a black Sophie's Choice or something? Like, race shouldn't always have to be, you know, mm-hmm. the heaviness mm-hmm. of cool. the film. You know what? We could have another episode dedicated to, like, I don't know, black versions of things yeah. that don't have anything to do with race. Like Black That'd Steel Magnolias. Didn't that? Was it good? I didn't. Yeah, that would be if, it was not good. Sorry, Lifetime. <laughs> Sorry, I, Queen. I do think, though, like, if you want to win awards, you do things about race. Like, if you want to win yeah. an award, you have to do, like, racism, like, something that just, like, strikes you. Yeah. That's what we yeah. the Oscars, for sure. So, yeah, and then there's also, like, the battle of, which, again, I haven't seen um, Green Book either, but there's always this controversy that there is, when there's a black award given, that somebody's, like, a maid or a mammy mm-hmm. or something like that. Or there has yeah. to be some type of friendship with a black person and a white person, That's right? True. Right. And so, right. how do we? I think race is always present in our story, but how is that not the full front that it has to be the focus on it? And what does that look like for us? And how does that become not just like a black story? It's an American story, right? We're mm. we're black. We're living in America. How does that become American story and not like oh that's a black story? Mm. White people don't watch because there's not this right. bond between a white person and whiteness isn't present in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but I guess we should wrap this one up. Oscars. Yeah. Um, I'll give it a B. Okay. I'm giving it a well, B. Black. Um, yeah, quite black. <laughs> it's blacker than what it's been. You get a B. You know. Uh, what else? What else we got? Um, Ooh. Oh yeah. So there's this uh, Maryland Democratic delegate, uh, Marianne lasanti mm-hmm. who has come under fire yet another person under fire for insensitive remarks or actions that they've taken uh she was actually heard uh, allegedly using <laughs> the the n-word at an after hours yeah, event <laughs> yeah that's the one although i'm, I'm pretty sure it was the, the hard er yeah if she used it hard er <laughs> If it was the A, I might be a little bit more offended by her <laughs> her use. But yeah, she's under fire and being called on to step down by mm-hmm. a lot of her colleagues as well as people in the uh, state house overall and across the country. Actually, a lot of people are being called to step down for remarks or, or things that they've done. So I think it's interesting how this is just happening all over the place. Wait, how did she use it? I'm reading the quote, actually. It it says, okay, according to the Washington Post, Ms. Lasanti 51 told another white lawmaker that when he had been campaigning for a candidate in Prince George's County in the fall, 
he had been door knocking in a nigger district. <laughs> oh, Hardy so R. Hardy R. Hardy R. But was it true? <laughs> I mean, she's apologized for it, so it must be some truth to it. Yeah, I saw something where she went to um, some type of black caucus thing in that oh. county and went and apologized to them. Yeah. I was like, that had to be awkward as shit. You know they do the apology <laughs> tour, though. Like, you know they had to do the apology yeah. tour, and then there's like, oh, let's do the sensitivity training. Yeah. Like, they have this whole thing where they go through, oh, I said the wrong thing, I mm. did it step but like forgive me because i'm doing i'm doing sensitivity training like i'm working on being so black like (laughs) i hate that shit i'm annoyed by it can you imagine somebody at work doing that and be like we're gonna have a meeting they're gonna come apologize to you all this morning (laughs) Uh and like you sit there and you nod your head and accept it and we go on like what yeah the felt the fact that you felt like that was right to you know that 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 could happen in everyday conversation with someone else who was white and you was like, oh, they ain't gonna snitch because they my they not they my niggers, you know? Like, <laughs> you know, they not gonna she dropped ER in that context, <laughs> but you know, like, you know, across the board, like we always have situations where, like, us as black people in this room, we've caught white people using nigger mm-hmm. in ways that is a a h e r, you know, in bigger settings and mm. smaller settings. You I know. haven't, but I wish I would. Oh. <laughs> you wish you would. I wish you would. The <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's just crazy because like she is someone who is a leader. She's supposed to be leading a district. Mm. But if you feel this way about a district that isn't even your own, because the district was for Prince George's County, and I think she's in Harford. charge of Harford County. Harford County. Yeah. And the demographic is is different mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, absolutely. But when you are in a in a space or when you're in a position where you are, you know, leading for all types of people, why is that okay? Why do you think that you shouldn't step down? Because basically you have bias at this mm-hmm. point. And she's been very stubborn and like, I ain't gonna know fucking where. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody's like, girl, we can get you out, like stop playing. So what do y'all think about it? I mean, I I think the word is less serious than what was behind her message. So Mm -hmm. when you read the actual quote, whether, say she didn't even say the word, say she said black district, that's a deeper issue. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're acknowledging that and acknowledging you shouldn't even um, campaign there or anything like that, that part's a little bit more heavy for me because mm-hmm. you can say the word all you want. That's not going to impact me. But now when you're putting that into legislation, when that's how you're making decisions about politics, mm-hmm. now that's impacting me. That's impact. If I live in, what was it, PG County she mm-hmm. was referencing? Ooh. Now that's impacting me because yeah. now I, don't, I know you don't care about my schools, my streets, my, you know, everything I'm paying taxes for because you see it as a nigga district mm-hmm. but so for me the word all right whatever you racist but <laughs> the actions that can now come between that's when it gets institutionalized and mm-hmm. that's where the real problem is for me side note they don't like when you call it pg you have to say prince george's or you'll be under fire they that'll nah. get you <laughs> is this, that's like a slur to them. you might have to step <laughs> down from your, your job her being a dc native she nah. not she's alive <laughs> but at the well, to play devil's advocate a little bit. Don't you play with the devil? I have to. <laughs> you do? I, have to. I have to. I'm agnostic, so I gotta acknowledge all the possibilities. But at the risk of playing devil's advocate, I feel 
like we have to moderate our responses to to the different things that people do. Like, don't get me wrong, saying what she said was not good at all and is not representative of someone I want representing any place that I live, like the state at all. But for the use of that word, the first recourse is for her to step down. That's it. No ifs, ands, or buts. Mm-hmm. Is that is that how it is? Is that how you think it should be? And that's why I said the word for me, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. It's the sentence, mm-hmm. the whole quote mm-hmm. that, that bothers me. Because mm-hmm. what was she saying? If, that's why I said take out the N-word. What she was she helped saying? someone, uh, colleague, canvas in that area mm-hmm. in a so-called nigger district. Yeah. And she's saying that's why he lost. Now, oh, I I didn't get that kind of yeah. I think that's what she said in the what Jordan is saying. Like I have thought a lot about this because we've all we've had a lot of um, people like being blasted for saying nigga or for saying the n word, you know. And yes, of course, their first action is like step down, be fine, resign. And I get what you're saying with that. Like, should that always be the course of action? In this case, I think it should be. Mm-hmm. Specifically this case. Like, if we talked about another case, maybe I would evaluate it differently. But in this case, I do, in particular, because of what Michelle said. Like, the intent. Mm-hmm. You know, there is room for her to, like, treat others different based on what she thinks and feels about them. And I don't think that that's right. Like, we live in a nation. You know, we're broken down by different levels of our government. But... These are people who you cater to in your neighborhood. Delegates are so close to us because they're local government. You know, we are actually, like, they're our first step towards everything else. So they're the ones who are fixing our roads, who are making sure things are working correctly in our district. You know, so in this case, I don't feel like she could give her all in in that position based on her thoughts and her thinking. That's just my opinion, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever said anything insensitive, though? Um, I don't know. But I probably have, just because I'm very blunt. And I'll be Karen. So, um. <laughs> but, but you're also not in a position of power like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So Ooh, when you can now... You're a nobody. It becomes an issue when you can influence yeah. and you have Absolutely. power over a district or... I don't, no politics so I don't know exactly what she can do but I yeah. feel like she can do something she can call she a press conference so, and be on the news right. so you're right she's so got like influence if, over people if, if just a regular old Jane Doe yeah. says those comments okay and that's you illegal. can't affect like, me we didn't yeah, took out Jim fine. Crow in a, you know it's yeah. been a minute you know <laughs> and I think that like if somebody tells me that I said something that was insensitive, I would also, like, expect that there's also work that I have to do for that. Yeah. I would not go and be like, I said something insensitive, get over it, why That's are y'all right. acting mm-hmm. like this? Yeah, she has been very arrogant. And so there has to be, uh, like, for everybody, everybody's had times that they've had those moments, but for you to be like, mm, y'all just need to get over it, it's mm-hmm. like, right. no. And it doesn't matter, for me, it doesn't matter what job or what you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. you work with other people, co-workers of different races, gender, or whatever, and so for you to just be like, nah, like, I'm good. I ain't got to, I apologize a couple times. Y'all need to get over it. It's like, nah, just <laughs> not acceptable. I don't think this was an ins- uh, insensitive remark. I think it was a racial slur. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> like, it was you, straight up racist. <laughs> like, it wasn't like you, you know, used a word that is now, be- you know, because the words do change over time. So it's yeah. not yeah. like you like, oh, you offended me. It's like, it's not a question. This mm. is a racial slur. Yeah. And said by a person 
of that her particular race, I'm going to assume that she's white. She could be mm-hmm. one eighth Cherokee. I don't know, but <laughs> the majority of her race, I'm going to go with white. And for, for I'm going to go with white, that, Alex. Two hundred dollars. Great That changes the meaning of the word yeah. as well. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So what grade are you giving it, Jordan? Hmm. Yeah, this is absolutely going to score an F. <laughs> yeah. not, not looking too good up there. Yeah. So who are we putting in detention and who's getting a gold star out of the people that we talked about? Yeah. Cool. Mm. Oh. He gets a gold star. Spike Lee. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's cool. Do the right thing. Give him a gold star. You and see what I did there? I like Spike Lee getting the gold star just because Spike is Spike no matter what. That's true. Mm-hmm. Even if that his Jordans on. Yeah, Spike is just Spike no matter what. He's like, I don't give a fuck about none of y'all. What about Lisa? Lisa don't get the gold star? Man. No. 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 She ain't win no award. Come on. <laughs> no. She was just being I mean, in terms of impact. In terms of impact. Yeah. Like, okay, okay. I'll, I'll have to give it to Spike. Like, Lisa, she had impact on Ashley Graham because she was like, girl, I'm not for the shits today. Not, not today, not ever. You know? But Spike, yeah, we gotta give it. I think we yeah, gotta give it. Spike to was him. intentional. Yeah. Lisa didn't come out with the expectation of making a statement. <laughs> it just it's the things that you have to deal with as uh-huh. a person of color in our world. Uh-huh. Hmm. What about detention? Because we got a couple F's in there. I mean, mm-hmm. so who's the effiest F? The F-iest. This. I'm guessing it's gonna be delicate. Yeah, yeah this was Santi chick. Yeah. Uh, wait, was that insensitive? No. Chick? <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't made it to slur level yet, but so it's no not worries. A slur, right? Good. It's not slur, right? And word. as a chick, I can use the word chick. Uh-huh. So. Uh-huh. You're in that group. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna have to put her in detention for that one. Yeah. Okay. okay. That was a good one, guys. That's wow. nice. Okay. So we're gonna go to our main topic, um, and so. We're going to start off by saying we have a table of black millennials here. Mm-hmm. And um, most millennials are, if you are dating or, or married or whatever, a lot of times we're thinking about things very short term. Thinking about, is this the person that I want to marry in the next year or two? If you are already married, maybe you're thinking about kids. Maybe you're not dating at all. You're thinking about your profession, thinking about career. Um, and a lot of times we think of stuff future this is when i retire i want to have this amount of money or i want to live here when it comes to dating though how often do we think about aging with the partner that we have chosen and so i'm asking this question i was inspired by this by seeing the b smith story um if you haven't seen b smith who is entrepreneur who is just phenomenal as chef and has done so many things um years ago i think it was like six years ago that she had publicly told everyone that she had alzheimer's Mm -hmm. um and at the time her and her husband released a book um talked about it on like oprah did some shows about it Mm -hmm. and um so she had some time to know that she was in that this was going to happen pretty fast for her and so years later which is this year like in last month um there's a story that came out her husband it's doing an interview and the camera show in their house that B Smith is there. Um, she is not of like sound mind as she mm-hmm. used to be and not as sharp as she used to be. And he has his girlfriend who is, and this makes a difference for some people, his girlfriend who is white living in the home with him. And then his daughter, which is 
B. Smith's stepdaughter that's also living in the home. Mm. So there's been a lot of conversation about this isn't okay and this isn't all right for so many reasons. Uh, I do want to talk about that for a little while. And I also want to talk about what I haven't heard in most conversations is when do we come up with agreements like this? Like, Mm -hmm. when do we decide, like, me as millennial, I've been dating so-and-so for five years. Mm -hmm. Any day you could walk across the street, get hit, and I may have to be the provider for you and have to be the caretaker for you. Like, do you all have those conversations with partners, whether you're already with a partner or if you're dating? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) let's let's look at the married people in the room let's say yeah yeah we have a married couple in the room too (laughs) Uh, go ahead um as the wife of Ray Ray (laughs) first of all I'm gonna have to take this back a little bit the same way I um have a personal relationship with Whitney Houston I actually also have a personal relationship with B. Smith Um, (laughs) this is just my whole this is crazy I didn't I mean, this is wow. But um, fun fact, when I was in third grade for Black History Month, we each had to pick um, a role model. Obviously, they had to be black. They had to be a nigger. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so I will you inspired you. Jordan almost did a spit <laughs> You okay? I'll be all right. Next. And um, I chose B. Smith. And oh, I cooked for the class. Oh, and no. like presented like... Because I wanted to be a model because I was taller than all the kids and teachers at the time. And <laughs> I could cook. So, I, you know, everything that she was doing, I saw myself doing with mm-hmm. my life as well. And um, as you were speaking on this, I guess I did not know the whole story. And I uh, pulled up a picture where, you know, she's with the... <laughs> she's smiling with the... Um, Mistress. No. The girlfriend. <laughs> the girlfriend and her ex-husband. Are they divorced? No, they're still B. Smith and oh. they're still married. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. with her husband in the background, like, in the kitchen. So, it is very strange. Um, I do want to be careful with what I say because, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to judge them. I don't know the full story. Mm-hmm. But just on the outside, <clears throat> looking in with my limited knowledge and my limited marital experience, Phil, if you ever... <laughs> <laughs> ever... And this is recorded, so... If you ever... <laughs> Because what's crazy is last night, to, yeah, last yeah, I night I asked him, if I were to pass before you, would you remarry? Mm-hmm. But this right here, <laughs> she's not even gone yet. Mm-hmm. So that's wild to me. Um, <laughs> Can I ask you a question, though? Because people have been like, she is not gone, but she's mm-hmm. gone in some sense, right? And so then the person that you have built a relationship falling in love with in some ways is gone mentally but like physically mm-hmm. is still there does right. that change things um it doesn't because in the vows i said yep. it was till death <laughs> not till alzheimer's yep. not till dementia well can you put not a till cancer in there? not to it was very specific mm-hmm. and i'll pull up my vow book in case you forget <laughs> and try to pull pull mr smith but okay. till death do we part so after death <laughs> Noted. You can bring <laughs> Becky in, and, and I still don't even know oh, if I. <laughs> what's the good? <laughs> I still don't know how I feel about that, but you know I don't be selfish. You know things happen. I can't predict how life's gonna go, but mm-hmm. um, as long as I'm here, uh, that's gonna be enough for me. <laughs> well, that's literally ride or die. So I mean, okay, mm-hmm. that's Ray cool. Ray. Yeah, Ray Ray, what's up? 
Um, I agree with everything you've said. I <laughs> good answer, good answer. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting, uh, that dynamic, uh, what do you do? But I think also for me, uh, yesterday we talked about this, I mentioned, it, I want to be with one person, like, the whole time. Because even if, let's say, hypothetically, you know, you're not here, I'll be comparing this new person with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get to a point where... I love this new person more than you because you are my first love anyway. So I don't want to have to like, <laughs> so that's why I would say that's a no. That's why you fell in love with Ray Ray. And that's not fair to the new person either. Right. You know, you're mm. constantly comparing to me. You. I mean, yeah. how could you? I knew she was going to do that. Cook. <laughs> you know, chicken, huh? <laughs> Mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah. So, so look. All of that. So look, Michelle loves to cook. She loves to cook. So whenever she has us come over, like her friends and stuff, she always cooks like a good home cooked soul food meal. And Phil is always like, I love when y'all come over. That's when, because normally they're on like a good healthy diet, and then we have that we have that one moment where we're invited over and. She throws down. He's just like, woo, we're going to have some good leftovers. So I just wanted to end this story because I thought it was so cute that he's coming back for that mac and cheese. Like, you ain't going nowhere with that mac and cheese, girl. So, <laughs> But um, um, I don't know. I want to, I'm not in a serious relationship. I'm not married. You know, I'm not engaged. Like, I'm. I would have to think about that situation if I were with my partner. I think it would go, it would be a, a conversation to have. Like, I appreciate and I respect that you guys did have the, that conversation. Now, with this new story presented in your marriage, mm-hmm. and you did talk about it right now. I don't know if the conversation is over or what, but mm-hmm. I like how you guys came to that conclusion. You know, like, this is it. Mm-hmm. You ain't having nobody come in here if I lose my memory, you know. Right. But, um... It's interesting how relationships change, you know, because we are millennials. We've seen a lot of people change their sexuality. Like we've ha- we've had a lot of new terms that we've grown up learning, mm-hmm. you know, that are new to us and that have changed throughout our lifetime, you know, like polyamory and bisexuality and things like that and see it's different now because we have differences in our relationships now because we're choosing people differently mm-hmm. um, and so like it's interesting because you know you also listed Jada and Will on there mm-hmm. and you know we've always thought about Jada and Will as husband and wife but when they sat down and they had that red table talk and they talked about their marriage and their relationship they said that they don't look at each other as husband and wife, you know? They said, and we've always heard, like, oh, they have an open marriage and all that other stuff. And, like, you know, we don't really discuss that. We don't discuss, like, the other things that are non-traditional. So I kind of want to get into that because when you go into old age, you kind of, you kind we're thinking about it in the traditional sense at this point. Mm-hmm, right. But we kind of we have to expand our minds and think how does that look for people who are in traditional husband wife or two person marriage relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah, and then they were a good example of them really making their relationship how it fits for them. And so it is like a drastic difference to be able to see this if you look at traditional way that at least like my parents have been married. It's like very much 
textbook or like how the Bible says that it should be done. And so in this world, like you said, where there are polyamorous relationships, where a girlfriend can be there. And at the, at the same time, you're constantly checking in with your partner about stuff and being like, we're going to make this work for us. It also makes me think, dag, if I was in B. Smith's shoes and I knew that this was happening and I really loved my partner and they still had so much more life to give and they're already taking care of me, but I give them that permission. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, does that change things that I'm looking for? Would it put me in a sense that I'm like, I'm going to be less selfish and let you continue on and do whatever? Does mm-hmm. that change things up? How do y'all feel? I feel like in that position, how could you not? Like... Uh, just, <laughs> just to be, not just to be on the complete opposite side of what y'all is saying. Mm-hmm. I think it's very beautiful and inspiring. And I just have to point out that Phil is so monogamous. He had to look up polyamory <laughs> during, during that little situation where Chantel was talking there. So I, I applaud it. I appreciate it. Um, but. I agree with what you're saying completely, Anthony. Like, you you love someone and care for them so deeply, and you know the things that you rely on in a partner. And part of that is someone who's able to, you know, talk to you and give you, I don't know, kind of feedback or Mm -hmm. just nurturing in general. And once you're no longer able to provide that, I feel like it's kind of selfish to stand in the way of, you know, them being able to have that outlet. Mm Um, that was something that Jada and Wilk also touched on too when they had their red table talk they were talking about um, like meeting each other's needs at each stage mm-hmm. of their relationship and I thought that was interesting because before they had that discussion I wasn't thinking about that I don't know how many other people were thinking about that in their relationships so I kind of I don't know I want to I want to see what that is like mm-hmm. so any other thoughts I mean, I keep going back to these vows. But <laughs> it could be, you know, because I am married, so I'm coming from this perspective. But, I mean, death was drastic, but in sickness and health, too. And I think that we're now treating marriage as if it's a convenience relationship. Like, I have to be happy. So if I'm not happy, I'm out. So if something mm-hmm. happened to Phil, okay. You think he happy if he has, you know, or um, no, I'm going to put his name with, with that term. You think B. Smith is happy that she has this? And I again, I, I'm learning the story from you. So I don't know mm-hmm. if they made this agreement before she was mm-hmm. while she was a sound mind. But um, it's not going to always be great. And I can't mm-hmm. just live life thinking if it's not great for me, then it's not worth living. So I would hate to be in their situation. And again, I don't know what I would do, but speaking from where I am now, I would hope that that wouldn't be the type of outlet that we would have to do because what why why is he with this woman mm-hmm. you know what i mean i feel like it seems like it came on a bit quick but i don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I don't all the know, background yeah, but for her either. to still be up and well and moving about b smith and then this other woman present it feels like a kind of a quick transition but very, to very get quick. at the initial question i feel like these are arrangements that you should be able to talk about with your partner at any point mm-hmm. you know if you're talking about sharing your life with someone you should be able to be open with them and discuss these things and then off of that, even if there is communication that's happening with partner, how much do you share with other people? Because the other question has been with the B. Smith is, what if this was their arrangement? Where is her family at? Who right, else knows right. that this is okay? Because I, exactly. I briefly just read the daughter, I think, approved or something. I don't know. And I, it, it made it sound like this was, and she's, you know, photographed in this. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know mm-hmm. what was done when she was of sound mind. And mm-hmm. this may have been the 
alter alternative to she doesn't want to be by herself so you know just bring me along let me you know care for me you know until I pass on mm-hmm. but um again I don't know the full story looking at it through the lens that I think we all are looking at it just from the surface right it, yeah. it's gonna be enough for me <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm okay with it it gets a yes for me it does, yeah. it does indeed so we have we have people here who have I've had discussions about polyamory with and I I want to get into that if that's okay. Do you guys have anything to say? I I'm open to the idea honestly of polyamory multiple open relationships um I'm not necessarily looking for like a harem or anything but <laughs> I I don't know I think there's something deep and maybe not fully understood about relationships with people and people being able to provide you with different levels of nurturing and caring mm-hmm. and I'm open to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Takes the pressure off, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. It was just on a real surface level there. Yeah. And I wonder if um yeah, and so back to, I guess, having the conversation, like, how often, y'all have had the conversation, like, how comfortable are we able to make it to have the conversation with friends mm-hmm. and with family members? Because something that was striking about this article is, I could be a B-Smith, I don't want any kids, right? Mm-hmm. I have a big family, but I don't have any kids, I have, like, nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. and so how do we kind of break the silencing of what's supposed to happen between this is a discussion that happens with you and your partner you don't have with anyone else if you even have it with them Mm -hmm. how do we normalize it and have it with my friend and be like you got my back if this happened you Mm -hmm. know this and like this is recorded like do y'all feel comfortable talking with other people about aging in your relationships i'm opening myself up more to it you know especially for dating um i if i'm in a relationship with someone, I would want them to be open to at least having that discussion. But I'm going to tell you my yeses and my noes straight up. I'm I'm usually pretty stubborn with those anyway. But um, I will at least be open to that conversation. Yeah, definitely. It's good to know where you stand with people. And like I said earlier, you should be able to talk about all kinds of things with someone that you're interested in sharing your world with. So... It shouldn't be taboo. And that honestly goes for relationships and friendships. Mm -hmm. Like, if you can't really share with your friends, Mm -hmm. are they really your friends? Right. And I think also this is a question for us, all of us millennials, about the whole dating scene, right? Because when you're dating someone, you're trying to put up an image of who you think they want you to be, right? So you're saying the right things, but then you, you find out you're like, five years in it dating and it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to share you with someone else but you haven't mm-hmm. just you know it's like it's being honest from the, the, yeah. the, the, the get go like what do you want one night stand or like <laughs> two you know like, so I think we have to be honest about, with ourselves and yeah what we truly really want mm-hmm. otherwise you spend your entire life you know um, um, hating the other person and mm-hmm. then you go do your own thing on the side and then it becomes a whole big thing just initially when you meet just look I'm all for this are you and it's with me. If yes, then let's do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And also, I guess the older generation don't really talk about these kind of things. No. Mm-hmm. No. They don't no. talk about it at all. Like we talk about everything. They yeah, are just to, you know to themselves, to their partners, and that's it. But, mm-hmm. And I think that's healthy um, because I feel like with the older generation, and again, I'm not generalizing. Some people from the older generation, um, they don't when they don't talk about things like this, they don't hear different perspectives. And in turn, they don't get to share their perspective. So um, 
not to say that they're more judgmental, but that's the word we throw around loosely. But mm-hmm. I do think that, you know, if you don't agree with what someone has to say, you think that there's no conversation there. Mm-hmm. And I that I think that's completely wrong. I think you finally have something to talk about. Because if everyone's if agreeing about everything, then what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. We're just patting each other on the back. Mm-hmm. So real discussion doesn't occur until you have opposing views. So I think as millennials, we're more open to entering into forums where we get to discuss topics with people who don't have the same background as us or don't have the same viewpoints as us. So mm-hmm. I just see that as being more healthy. Mm-hmm. But again, it's still going to be a no for me on this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's real. <laughs> I'm trying to look up this show. So um, I kind of wanted to, I don't know if this is going to be off topic. And we can decide that once we get into it. But um, thinking about open relationships, too, because I've seen two examples, not in my real life, but one on TV that was real and another on TV that was fictional or whatever. That's what what it is. No, no, fictitious. What is it? Fiction? No, fiction. Fictitious. The fake stuff, y'all. The fake. It's fake. It was not real. Fictional so um, <laughs> the one example, one example that I saw was um, I don't know who watches the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yeah. Um, Ronnie DeVoe <laughs> and Shamari from they're Black. in a relationship. They they, they were did. at oh. one point they were in. Well, hmm, I don't know because at one point she I think they were in an open relationship. I think he was having sex with other women and she was having sex with other women. And at one point they were good with that. And then that, I think they called it like a sore spot in their marriage. And they eventually came back together and eliminated all those other people because they found out it didn't work for them. Mm -hmm. And another example is it was this show on Netflix. If I can, I I can't find it right now, but if I could find it and, um, I'll, I'll tag it or whatever, or I'll like mention it somehow. But um, it's this couple based, they were like in England and they were married for a long time. They had kids together, but they were unhappy in their marriage and then they decided to open it up. And um, the wife had a boyfriend and the husband had a girlfriend. The husband's girlfriend was like one of his coworkers, very close to them. And then um, the wife's boyfriend was like somebody that she met and they were like dating. They they went out to events and stuff together. You know, they it was a double date. Yeah, like a double oh, date. Wow. They were in a they were in a situation where like there was an event at the husband's job and all of them went to that event. That could be confusing. And <laughs> And the co-workers and the colleagues were just like, oh my gosh, like, right. y'all got y'all, y'all, you know, like, what the fuck is this? Like, mm-hmm. y'all got y'all people in here. And they didn't understand it. But mm-hmm. they eventually had to, like, figure out, like, does this work for us? Or was this just a momentary thing? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that was their stage of their relationship where they felt like they needed something else. They brought it into the relationship. They tried it. And they were like, does this work? Mm-hmm. You know? So that's also interesting to see, like... When you do reach those certain stages of your relationship, your marriage, or your union, 
like how do you integrate people in and out of it? Mm-hmm. Like I know Tayana Taylor and Iman Shumbert, they also Ooh. have like no kidding. Oh yeah, yeah. They <laughs> I'm, also I'm there. yeah. You know, <laughs> so they they have relationships where they have sex with, you know, they bring people into their bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, so we we're having these conversations and stuff now, but like this this shit can go on forever, really. Yeah, yeah. and I had a I knew a man who was probably a baby boomer and he used to talk to me and he told me that he had had three wives I think and I see he's like this is my third wife we'll see how long that it lasts and I was just like oh it must be so bad he's like no I just know that like everything has seasons and I'm very honest before we get married that like our season might be up not that I hate you or or don't like you or something but I know that things have seasons Mm -hmm. And we'll do this check-in. He was like, I feel like right now, it's just kind of like things are off kilter. And mm-hmm. then we'll see. I love people that are like, uh, maybe we need to not necessarily spice things up. Mm-hmm. I don't think the answer is bringing someone else in a relationship. But the relationship is already like wounded somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's like, uh, hey, I need something more. And it's something that both of you are already craving. Mm-hmm. Then why not? But I love couples that are constantly being like let's revisit this let's check this Mm -hmm. and in which ways if we figure that we're supposed to be together until the end of time Mm -hmm. how do we make it again fit for us so we do reach it until the end of time for each other Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be the traditional what everybody else thinks that it is yeah i think i'm i'm only thinking about it in a monogamous sense for myself yeah Mm -hmm. um so that's only what I can speak of. And that's that. those are the examples I've been given to in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like the majority of us are basing everything we say off of monogamy. Because mm-hmm. we really haven't done a whole lot of talking or exploring mm-hmm. other types of relationships. Mm-hmm. My first time ever understanding or wanting to research polyamory more was when jo- Janelle Monet mm-hmm. stated that she was polyamorous. I mean, we had, had you know, yeah. me and Jordan, <laughs> we had had talks about it, but like, I, I feel like I was more, much more closed off to it when we had talks about it. Because I was like, oh my God, no. What? <laughs> yeah, but, but I think then, she's pan. Pansexual. Oh, pan. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. But still, even that, it's like, you know. Phil is <laughs> <laughs> now looking up pansexual. <laughs> <laughs> but still, that, you know. Yeah, that's it's, it's different, you know. Yeah. it's something That's something I had to do. I had to right. pull up my Google and be like, yo, what is that? Like, I never, you know, even thought about that option, you know. So... It's complicated being in a relationship with one person. So I'm just very confused as to yeah, how bringing in more is simplified. But, you know, to <laughs> each its own. Mm-hmm. Um, it is something that... What's crazy is I don't think any of this is new. Mm-hmm. No, I think this not. is just now all becoming coming, back, coming up sure. to the surface. Oh, sure. People just Honestly. weren't talking about it. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. People are talking about it now. So now people are, you yeah. know, it's becoming a thing. But... Um, and that, cause when you all throw out words like traditional marriage or traditional, I mean, traditional, just tradition just means it's going for a long time. So yeah. all of these things are a tradition in, in the sense, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. there are things that are more mainstream than others. Yeah. And I think that all of these other types of relationships are becoming mainstream mm-hmm. and that's where you're going to get this whole slew of Netflix documentaries and shows mm-hmm. and more sister wives and all these things <laughs> and people are gonna you know know more about these things mm-hmm. um and i just hope that the quote-unquote traditional marriage is still also represented as well mm-hmm. because um i think it's important for everything to be represented mm-hmm. and um i know sometimes when things are under the radar and they become you know the 
I don't know, over the radar. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sets other things to a back burner. So I, and I, I just think that, and also it makes those things that were under the radar become more of a fad. Uh-huh. So it's like, this is what's in right now. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, well now we're going to go back to, yeah. Yeah. you know, so. Mm-hmm. It's it's great to discuss it. I'm learning things. I know Phil is learning a lot because he's I sure am. <laughs> the sorcising over there. <laughs> yeah, but I just I want to say that more than viewing it as like stepping out of your relationship and doing something else, I imagine it being like a shared experience more so where you know there's a mutual interest amongst all parties. But my situation is a little bit different as someone who uh, is interested in same sex relationships. So. Um, a little different, but I, I would view it more in that under that lens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just to add to your comment, I think it boils down to what we want out of life, right? So if you think you want more than just one, I guess a, a traditional marriage, then it's not for you. It's like, what do you want more out of life, right? So we are trying to find ways to get that full life experience that we want. Um, and I think uh, at our wedding, um, there was a speech that was given and the speaker forget his name Michael we'll just say Michael for now um, <laughs> no 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 it's not what you're thinking well it is <laughs> essentially what okay oh, <laughs> just listen y'all okay. so what okay. he said was essentially like I guess Phil or Ray Ray today <laughs> is different from Ray Ray in 20 years or in 40 years right so it's as a couple how do you all meet that person's need at that time right so I think this, this is when couples try to you know, change change things. You know, they experience new things because you're growing together. It's about growing together, right? So I think that's can be also another argument for how those who are in a traditional relationship make it, you know, make it work. So it's all about what experience you want in life and how do you reach that goal. Kind of thing. Hmm. Right, right. That's right. why it's so important right, yeah. to be honest from the jump mm-hmm. because if, like uh, Phil Ferrari was saying earlier if you're putting on airs or what you think that person mm-hmm. wants you to be and mm-hmm. then you get into the relationship and then five years down the line you're like mm, nope that's not me mm-hmm. that's where it becomes a problem mm-hmm. and that's where it's now okay you may you want to do this or bring someone in but mm-hmm. i should have mentioned five years ago that's not really yeah. <laughs> or not really even the me. other person who's in that relationship with you people on the outside too mm-hmm. like your family yeah the people who you may have to explain or you feel like you're gonna have to explain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because yeah. i've seen i've been witnessed i've been witness to um a few marriages who have crumbled mostly because they were worried about what other people thought yeah mm-hmm. so that's also important to, you know, bring into that discussion. Yeah. And you don't have to share everything with everybody. Yeah. Right? No. Because then that's when you start caring what other people say. And there you go, well, if my mom knew that yeah. this is what we were doing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of, is this what I want to do? Yeah. So it becomes what other people want you to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's your life. Do what you want. Right? Mm-hmm. So be- before we close the topic out, I just want to put it out there that it's being recorded, that if anybody wants to say anything else while it's recorded, in case you get hit by a bus or a car tomorrow to talk about what you wanted. We'll still be married, though. <laughs> <laughs> I told you yesterday. No, it's just, just okay, you. It's just that. It's just, yeah. I told you <laughs> Just you. Yeah. <laughs> I plan to be cremated. Any last will and testaments. Just going to put that on the record. Do not... 
Do not put me in a coffin, please. <laughs> and in the ground. Let's talk about his own wishes. Why? Write that down. Put it in your book. <laughs> Look, I am woefully single. No one cares what I want, so I gotta, I gotta put it on the record. <laughs> Uh, thank you all. So we're gonna move into homework time. Um, so everybody knows from last semester, this is the time and point where um, everyone on the microphone gets to give at least one homework item for you to tune into, to read, or whatever the thing is. Who wants to start off? Who has a homework item first? Uh, I can start. It'll be quick. Um, so lately, I've been into this idea of how do I, or how do we, me and Michelle, build wealth, right? Mm. Um, so we have you know, bank accounts, check-ins, savings. We put our money in our savings. But it's not really accruing any interest. Mm -hmm. So how do you take your savings money and actually invest it, let it you know, build and then when you're like 80, you get all this money back. So I'm trying to f figure out, you know, articles and ideas of how to build wealth. You know, um, real estate is, is a big thing, right? You, mm -hmm. you, you get a house, you flip it, you make money off it, right? So how do I actually go about building wealth? So I'm actually going to be on a, I guess, a quest for building wealth. I opened a few accounts yesterday evening around okay. 11.23 p.m. at night. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I want to really build wealth because the idea is you build wealth for your kids and the kids' mm -hmm. kids and so on. See, right. I wish y'all had told me this off mic. I know people who are wholesaling and flipping and... Look, your but, homework is done for you. But here's the okay. thing. You need money to make money. I'm yeah. not there yet. Yeah, it's okay. So, uh, <laughs> I got you. I know people who are doing like commercial buying. Well, shh, never mind. Shh, be quiet. Shh. Next podcast. <laughs> yeah, because we... Well... Well, we're going to have an episode about financial wealth and stuff. It, like, it's... Huh. All right. It's a lot. Okay. It's a lot that goes in with that. Because it's, first of all, psychology. It's how you handle money. A lot of us didn't have the proper education and tools to figure out how to handle money in the first place. Like, when we just posted... We just made a post the other day about um, 21 Savage helping at-risk youth open up mm -hmm. bank accounts and ha his... 20 his um bank account program you know so there are still people around here who have to get the basic knowledge of capital gains and accruing interests and aprs and basic knowledge right. you know that can be a little complicated yeah. so and how the banking system works how the federal reserve works things like that so if you're going to do that for your homework, I got you. All right, girl. <laughs> I'm done. Right, right I guess I'll go next. So, um, we like to look at ways to build wealth, but um, we also like to look at ways to increase our, um, our bar. And <laughs> so we're big on wine. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm waiting for the okay, okay, okay. Um, and I mean, this is actually connected because um, the homework that I'm giving you all is to check out this documentary. So apparently, wine is like a million dollar industry, mm -hmm. and um, they auction it off. And I can tell you that. Well, <laughs> you must so take my homework. Like you I take got my everybody homework, homework done. See, this is okay. One of our friends, Nayad. Um, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's our friend. So um, we've we've had an idea, and I don't even know how how dedicated he is to it. But I'm not gonna tell the mic for real. I'm developing our own wine oh, or true, like alcohol true. and stuff. Yeah. But I want to okay. hear what you gotta so, yeah. say about that. So um, <laughs> there's this. Doc 
documentary on Netflix that I tell everyone about and I'm telling you all about mm-hmm. the um, thousands of listeners we have out there. Thousands. Um, it's called Sour Grapes. Um, it is talking about, and I think, I want to say Esther, our other friend, told me about it, and so I'm passing it along. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about the wine industry and how this one guy was able to pretty much defraud the entire oh, industry. Firefest! Oh. <laughs> Hashtag Fire Festival. Um, <laughs> and the impact is still... Oh, that's going a good on today, wow. it's, it's just. But he was very, very um, smart, and he had an exceptional palate. Like he could taste the wine and tell you the year, the make, the region, everything. So unfortunately, he used that wonderful palate for evil. But um, <laughs> definitely check it out. Um, see how these wealthy people are being scammed, and um, you will learn about. Uh, wine if you're really into that because we are yeah okay we're gonna go around the table (laughs) so i just got songs Um, i know we all like basic over here (laughs) (laughs) um the whole solange album oh whole solange album you know i've been a solange fan so let me put that out there because most people are like it's not like the last one but i've been a solange fan uh, when I Trash. get home. When I get home. Oh. Really? Really? Trash. Oh. Trash. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. No, she's really? she really? she she no, 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 she like fan. it. Yeah. Well, it's not your homework. Continue, continue. Divorce. We're going to collaborate on this homework assignment. Okay. I'm a fan since Tony. Like, I'm back there, but this is shit. Yeah, we got to talk about this in the microphone. I'm saying that it's certified for cooking music, cleaning, rearrange your office. I've done all that already so far. I mean, but not like listening to and enjoying. Yeah. You got him mad over here. It's smartful, at least. It's smartful. Anthony Man Man, stop. Uh, <laughs> uh, other songs, A Lot, 21 Savage with J. Cole. I don't know if y'all heard that. I'm late mm-hmm. to it. I like J- it. I mean, not J. Cole, but 21 Savage's album is fire. Fire. It made me be like, I want to investigate him. Yeah. I've never listened to any of his music like yeah, that. Yeah, he's but growing up. Good, he's so. growing up, and I okay. appreciate it, yeah. Um, Doja Cat, Rico Nasty, Tia Tamara. It's got a really good video if you I haven't like seen it. Yeah. Um, and then Mushroom Chocolate by, I think her name is Quinn with black with the six. Quenya. Is that her name? Quenya. Thingy on the end. I don't know. I'll just be called her Quenya. fancy. It's not Suzlack. <laughs> wow. I'm going to get you to get the phone like him so you can see how it's pronounced. And those are you know, idols. in interviews, he was like, everybody called me six lag though. Like, Aww. he'd be like, you can't be mad. He did it to us all. Exactly. Like, like, we ain't named you. Because he from the six, get out of here. Well, not the Toronto six, but like, see, he ain't even in, from the six. In Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I just need to learn some shit. <laughs> all right, here you go. Um, so I ran across this new website. Well, it's not new. It's new to me. It's called um, <laughs> Mess in a Bottle. It's a t-shirt company, black-owned. I think it's by a black-owned woman. Yeah. Just discovered this website about two weeks ago. Yeah, um, we follow her. Y'all do? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so mm-hmm. check it out. Yeah, I'll I'm buy like some of her t-shirts. Yeah, she's dope. Mess in a Bottle. What kind of shirts are they? Oh, just like basic t-shirts. With she on she it. sells like gear, yeah. like, you know, like little merch. It's cool. I'm mad that you know everything about everybody's home. Hey, yeah. <laughs> we all work. Because a bitch 
bitch be knowing? No, I'm playing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> was she the teacher's pet in school? Dang. <laughs> No. Nah, fuck her. Not at all. She's from Baltimore. I'm the teacher's problem. Just kidding. Uh, I wasn't the teacher's problem. <laughs> Do you have one, George? Yes. Uh, since I already promoted the uh, Media Impact Awards earlier, which was put on by the Baltimore <laughs> Media Coalition and VVC Life, I won't mention that again. Uh, instead, I will draw your attention to HBCU Digest, a uh, very important publication source for information on the HBCU community needs support. Uh, very important in our community for educational purposes. Nice. I appreciate my HBCU, so I think everyone should kind of support where they can. See, I ain't know about that. I went to a PWI. Oh, oh no. What does that stand for again? I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, Look it I'm up. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> HBCUdigest.com. Okay, I was going to say, what's the website? Um, mine is super light. I'm just going to say, y'all should check out Megan the Stallion. <laughs> That's it. What is that? Like Megan Thee Stallion is a, is a rapper. Everybody's like, who? A rapper, okay? <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion is a rapper. Do y'all know? Okay, so Wale has a song out with Megan Thee Stallion called Pole Dancing. What are you saying? Megan, Megan Thee Stallion. Stallion. T-H-E-E-V. Oh, Thee Stallion. I'll show y'all. Like as in a horse? <laughs> T-H-E-E. Yes, the Stallion. As in Old English, the. <laughs> or but yes, um, she's a rapper. I like her. I Where think she's from? really good. I don't know, but she got a song with Wale, and that's how I first learned about her from that pole dancer song where he'd be like, la 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 pole dancer. You feel? Ray Ray. Pole dancer. It's a banger. But yeah, I like her. She bring out my inner ratchet or whatever, just like the city girls, but I be having my little days with them. Yeah, and that's it. Okay. She's from Texas, in case you're wondering. Houston, Texas. Oh, thanks, Phil. I got you. Like y'all say. (laughs) Okay, so that's going to wrap us up. Um, Again, we really appreciate you guys being a part of this. Uh, This This is really terrible. I hated this. Oh, (laughs) this nigga. (laughs) ER. Party R. I feel like you guys are going to get a lot of comments saying, wow, that Michelet should like, take over. No, they're going to be like, Michelet is in the singer. Please don't have me start of that. Y'all can't see the eye roll that's happening right now. She's never looked at me like this before. So Before we leave, do y'all want to plug y'all social media? Yes. Are y'all good or what? Ray Ray. You need to post them. Uh, Ray Ray don't post on me. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Ray don't post though. And Michelin private, so don't even bother. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. One day, we're going to have a social. Okay. Well, I'll plug our socials then. Okay. Um, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play at No Class Podcast. And you can also follow us at... Um, yeah, No Class Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And then for Twitter, we're No underscore Class Podcast. And if you want to inquire about anything, you want to talk about Michelet in our email, like just let us you wanna know. Want to be a guest? Want to be a guest? I want to with two But really? You knew that after Jordan's DM. <laughs> he's going to give his um, IG now. That no, he's so, so that. no class and no grade. Okay. <laughs> Let's see how you rank that. Wow. <laughs> I don't even want to give out our email now. <laughs> That's no dot class podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm oh, a horrible time. I can't stand it. <laughs>
Thank y'all. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. And Stay please, guys. hydrated, melanated, and glowed up. Yes. And don't be ashy, okay? <laughs> like like Lisa Santalizzi, whatever the fuck her name. Was it? Lisa Auntie, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She Harper, ashy? Harper Candy. She's white. Oh, that one. Yeah, I already blocked out my memory. All right. <laughs>